Hi, hello everybody. It's uh, me, Doc Normal. Uh, Coffee with Curmudgeons. We're back on a Friday, and over here is Jason Allen, author, investigator, all-around good egg. William Becker. Hello, William. Hello, and hello. thank you so much. Why don't you uh, do a, a short sort of self bio about who you are and how long you've been in doing investigations, and just kind of kind of give a thumbnail of uh, of what you do. Okay, sounds good. Uh, let's see. I've started working with the psychic uh, um, piece of this when my late teens, and so that we're talking back in the days of kerosene lamps, <laughs> lamps and uh, uh, yeah. horse-drawn buggies and that kind of thing, almost. And, uh, yes, I remember it well. Yes. Yeah. And um, I actually saw my first ghost when I was eight. Ooh. And it was another eight-year-old little boy. What a tender age. I often think that the young, they don't have those blinders up yet where we've, you know, we either don't notice it at all or we have a hard time processing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the young, uh, they they have the clean slate, so to speak. Right. And they're able to... Well, I found out 50 years later it was a pretty famous ghost. I, I, th- I was, a bunch of us kids were running around in another kid's neighborhood, one of the kids we were with. And I asked the guy whose neighborhood we were in if, you know, this other kid could join us and play. And he said, no, he's dead. So it's like, oh, okay. Um, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay. Let's let's roll that back. So you were a kid. Mm -hmm. You were out playing. Yes. And uh, what you were saying is you said, hey, I met this dude down the street. Let's go play some baseball or something with him. And they all said, that dude, he's dead. Did I get that right? Close. Yeah, we were in um, the McLaughlin neighborhood of Oregon City. Yeah. Around the elevator and the grand staircase. Yeah. And I kept seeing this little boy looking out from around the corners. And he the, looked like our the age. elevator or something or that. Yeah, we've got yeah. or Oregon City has the only one in North America an outdoor munis- municipal elevator. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, it's pretty cool. And then the grand staircase comes down at the mm-hmm. bottom. Mm-hmm. So if you want to climb the 130 foot cliff, you can take the stairs or. Yeah take the elevator and this kid was coming in and out and um just kind of like playing just yeah just kind of hiding in and out and he looked as solid as everybody else did and (laughs) people in the neighborhood knew about him i guess already i found out later on a tour with northwest ghost tours rocky smith's tour group yeah yeah that oh this kid was famous people have been seeing him for decades wow but um Wow. I didn't know that at the time. And he died. He got I, – I used to do the downtown tour – well, some of the tours mm-hmm. for Rocky. And, and so I did more research on this little boy. And uh, he died in 1913 of a typhoid epidemic, it, it seems like. And yeah. probably from the spring or the, the creek that was running right through that area that mm-hmm. we saw him because he liked to play in that creek. So. Turns out he had a hell of a curveball, too. So if you <laughs> yeah. signed him up for your Little League team, it'd be like, hey, let's get Johnny the Ghosts. He'll pitch. He's, yeah. He, he's yeah. captain of our stickball team. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Wow. Okay. Uh, so there it is. Uh, so eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, when when they told the eight-year-old version of yourself that uh, this, this boy is not, re- you know, he passed on, how, how did the eight-year-old William Becker... Deal with that. I mean, because at eight years old, I can imagine with me, it would just like, first of all, it'd go through three phases. Phase number one, huh? Yeah. 
Number two, you got to be kidding. Number three, it's, ooh, mom's calling me. I got to get going home. You know, we're having mac and cheese tonight. Holy uh, what? That, that, that's <laughs> right. me. That's pretty much, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, it was Jeez. the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. It was a beautiful spring day. And it was like, well, okay. Sounds and like we a... just kept playing. Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. It is a great story. So that's story. what got you interested in, too. That was the first experience. So, and, you know, kids are always interested in things. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that was the first piece of it. And then, oh, shoot, I hadn't thought about him for forever until well, I was on the tour. Did you, well, did they have, did he have a name? Was it? Yes, his name's Carl Green. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Um, you don't need to call in, Carl. Just saying. I know the number's open. It's 503-395-5040, but, you know. Somebody out there in Sheboygan right now is going to call in and say, Hi, I'm Carl Green. Yeah, just a mess with this. Yeah, well, he, exactly. He'd hang out at the McLaughlin house and different places in our well, town, too. So so it strikes me that, that uh, actually, uh, just talking to somebody about Oregon City, I mean, Oregon City is one of mm. our oldest towns in this whole area because it was right. the capital west of the mississippi of yeah the oregon territory and the mm-hmm. mclaughlin house is famous and you can go in there our first right. governor of i am the oregon territory. i am scared to go in that house again i remember going through there yeah. and I, I think we talked a little bit about it over coffee one time um, right i went into it as a mm-hmm. like a grade school field trip oh sure right I, I must have not been more than seven or eight right i was mm-hmm. just a young, a young shaver and I remember getting off the bus and walking in, in something, I'm, I'm not saying it, it wasn't the look, it wasn't anything, it was just, even as an eight-year-old kid, it's like, I don't know if I want to go in there. You know, you get that feel, that charged sort of yeah. feeling, right? Even at that right. young, I it's still with me to this day, the feeling of, I don't know, and I drove past there at night and kind of like look up into the windows wondering, geez, is anyone going I, to be staring back at me, you know? It does happen. Yeah. yeah I've, I've heard, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I've heard reports of that. And, I have uh, a friend who saw McLaughlin looking out the window one afternoon. The McLaughlin, the McLaughlin still is. I'm, I'm now freshly minted 49-year-old, and whenever I go up really? Singer Hill and we go, yeah. pa- you know, go past You can't around, go in there? Oh, I, I want to. I want to dare well, myself I, to do it. I, I, I know where there. we're going on a field trip. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went in there like yeah. uh, for I don't know a few years back with yeah. the kids. Yeah. Because well, it was like it was like the the whole here's a historic thing you need to do. Yeah. And I remember going there, finding out it was closed or it was just closing. Uh, right. Yeah. Toward it, it was like oh yeah. you got to go walk around Oregon City and check this out. This is historic. This is a mm-hmm. cool place. Yeah. And then it was like walking around, and then what happened? Then, then it was, oh, maybe it's still open. Then it was just closing, and I can't remember if it was like just sort of got in on private tour, but it was, I think I think the kids were creeped out. I think it was creepy. Mm, yeah. It was like I was yeah. being more like kind of a dad kind of a guy going, come on, this is history. Look at that. Oh, look, creepy dolls in the bed. Yeah. The, the creepy dolls in the bed are the Ermatinger house where oh, the oh, creepy okay. dolls don't stay in the bed. Oh. oh, is that so? That's, <laughs> that's one of the houses. Blocks. Yeah, that's a couple blocks. <laughs> but um, and so I've I've been in the places, yeah, you know, quite a bit. And um, the the McLaughlin house, the forest or Park Service owns it now. Yes, and they won't talk correct. about ghosts. Right. So rangers in the past would call me mm-hmm. to talk, give the ghost stories outside. Right, because the rangers, yeah, I remember and, that. The, yeah. Um, then they'd give the other stories inside. 
And uh, so that's so these old houses that are, you know, what, what so how old is the McLaughlin house? Eighteen forty-five. So yeah. you go through these houses, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, there's a bed. Or, well, there's furniture, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, antique road show, great. There's maybe pictures. Well, silverware. And silverware. Silverware sure, is great. Sure, okay, sure. spoons. Cups, maybe. Maybe some things. books. Some books. Yeah. Books. Old lantern on the thing next to. Lantern. Mm. That's good. Candelabra. Then it's like then it then it's some pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, you know, paintings of the wilderness. Fine. Sure. Maybe some pic- paintings of. A couple portraits. People. Yeah. Then you start to get a little bit. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Then it's the beds. Yes. It's like. Mm. Mm, yeah. And then it comes to that point. That comes to that point. The creepy doll. Yep, the creepy like the the children yep. the children's toy and the doll and that's where all of a sudden yep Scooby Doo the vibes like, you know right. it's like right what's going on here Chucky right. you know the, what I mean it's the dolls and then the rocking chair over in the corner that just kind uh-huh. of starts to, yeah you know, just a little bit that gets me every time yeah is that an actual thing or is that just well, My Scooby sense. It could be. It just depends. Um, now, the rocking chair at the McLaughlin house, people used to say McLaughlin would rock in it. But wow. they found out that the house had been in such bad shape at this point that if you step on a board on one end of the parlor, oh, right. it would set the rocking chair rocking oh, at the other end. Oh, yeah. man. Yep. I could just see those rangers. Watch this. <laughs> right. Step on the board. One of the good things since the Park Service took over the house, they have fixed it up a bit. Um, they, they did. I, I remember that they shut it down and had to mm-hmm. renovate everything because the thing was pretty much rotten. Oh, that's part of why we sold it. Yeah. It was basically yeah. Um, yeah. It it was be... falling apart yeah. in the... the the association couldn't maintain it, right? Because right. they had the Barclay House as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, they're you know they're both. Some of the stories about the McLaughlin House are just stories. Um, some of them back in the old days uh, were invented to hmm. increase ticket sales. Uh, That's always good. <laughs> but there are real ones, and I yeah. heard the piano play at eleven o'clock at night. Ooh, and, um, oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, some of it's for real, and yeah. it does have. You can tell where McLaughlin was when he was dying, and yeah. You know. it turns out McLaughlin was a big Dave Brubeck fan. He was. I got a question on because uh, I legitimately I, I it's, I'm hazy on the answer. So since mm-hmm. we're talking about the uh, uh, McLaughlin House, um, that isn't its original location, right? Didn't they re- didn't they move that up the hill to its present spot? Where, where was it originally? Uh, it was down in the mill site. Um, yeah. Oregon yeah. City started down in that area, and shoot, even when my dad was a kid, and such you could still get way into that mill site because. A lot of, you know, it hadn't spread out as far, and the yeah. Electric Hotel was there, and one of the old opera houses was down in that area. And the mill site is really down by the river where the falls are and all that. Right. It's still, the, I mean, you can still see the mills there. Right. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. close, but it, it basically yeah. starts about uh, 5th Street and goes to the yeah. waterfalls. Yeah. And back the riverbanks. Yeah. yeah. Which and is back in the day, that was where yeah. it all was. I think his yeah. house was somewhere around 2nd or 3rd Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, uh, the mill was expanding, and oh, it's a long, complicated story. Anyway, the McLaughlin Memorial Association wound up with the house with the provision that they uh, move it and set it up as a museum. Yeah. So they did, and they moved it up Singer Hill with one horse. It's incredible. Yeah, you think about the uh, the logistics of that nowadays. <laughs> uh. And one of the stories is is that they set it up on its foundation mm-hmm. in the middle of the night because they were afraid if they would have done it during the day, the people would have burned it down. Wow. A lot of people didn't want the house saved. Mm-hmm. Some of the people in the area where it is didn't want it saved because they didn't want the house on the parkland there mm-hmm. that would, might block their view. But after the McLaughlins left, it had been a hotel for Chinese labor um, oh. laborers. It had been a house of negotiable affection. In 1909, the prim and proper people of Oregon City didn't want mm. that kind of a building. No, wait, this somewhere. is good. So this, okay, hang on. This is going on in the McLaughlin house, you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so you're John McLaughlin. Yeah. Puritan businessman of the Hudson's Bay, governor of Oregon. Mm. And here comes your spirit floating in your house once in a while. It's like, what are these people doing on the carpet? What is this? I mean, yeah. And uh, so this I'm uh, all good with this. Uh it makes me think of questions that that either A, I don't ask myself very <laughs> often or B, just have never thought of before. Is we always talk about the McLaughlin house, we always talk about uh almost the white history. Have you ever had any readings or have you ever had any sites or, or even other people report? Um, instances and paranormal activity that has a kind of a uh, indigenous population, a Native American uh, yes. kind of story to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the mills, both of the old sections of the mills have a lot of activity, and some of that seems to be related to par- um, Native American. Hmm. By the time the settlers got to Oregon City, there were only about 660 natives, um, indigenous people in the whole area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the disease had come out with the trappers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tribes would get weak and they'd fight mm-hmm. each other. Um, you know, They used to kill each other off, too. They didn't mm-hmm. take just us. Um, we did a pretty good job of it, too, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, there was so many pieces stressing them. And then um, taking over lands and such, it was a problem. But there are t- a couple of places where I've had a lot of reaction. One of them is in an area where the five men that were held accountable to for the Whitman murder were hung in that area. Mm. And when I would talk about that story and how it was all a sham, those men didn't do it. Mm-hmm. They weren't at the massacre. And the eyewitnesses that placed them there weren't at the massacre. Um, so we're talking like just scapegoating at that time. Oh, yeah. In fact, the whole trial was illegal. The territory didn't even have the uh, the legal ability to do what they did. It was an appeasement to basically probably, that kept war from happening. But... Um, Often I'd get a sense of the settlers being relieved to have the truth out, but I've had people back there that have felt choked before I tell the story. Mm. I've had whole groups back there that felt pressure on them 
on their throats hmm. before I would tell the story. That would be from the those five men. Yeah. I've ha- I had one client back there um, on a tour that she was choking, coughing so hard we had to leave. And as soon as we got out, she was fine. Hmm. And I hadn't told the stories about the hanging yet. Oh. There's another place. It's part of an old. It's part of where the Oregon Trail went south from Oregon City, down to California, down the valley into California, and there's an old cemetery there that I had permission to go to, alone in at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to give exact locations and because you, of vandalism. And you went to a lonely, uh, dark cemetery at night willingly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the problem I had was it's about a half a mile walk in and it's all woods and you can't see houses and I'm afraid of the living in the dark, not the dead. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm a city boy. You don't go in dark places at night when there aren't a bunch of people around that you can call 911 or something, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, and on my way out of that, I had my pant leg pulled. And I thought, oh, I just, something, piece of brush. Then I stopped and looked, and there wasn't any brush. And I thought, okay, somebody's trying to get my attention. Yeah. And it was, I actually write about it in this book. Excellent. Um, th- that I did with, um, Devin Conway Groves is a professional photographer, and he did the f- photographs on this book. And the, and the title of the book is? Uh, Paranormal Insights, A P- Visual Parahistory of Oregon and Washington. So that's awesome. the first one I have out, and you oh, can get it through is. Amazon. And it's one of the last pieces, I there think, in there. Yeah. But the natives wanted their story told. And mm. what happens when the tribes are decimated by disease and then by violence and how intertribal and intertribal violence was yeah. also degrading the population and just how far a society can go when you have people that have been marginalized and abused, would you say so? Is this is this your your specialty then in the paranormal? Is this historic paranormal? That's a big part got- of it. I have a bachelor's degree in history. Okay. My master's is in public administration. Totally different, but I'm still kicking myself that I didn't go for a PhD in history and archaeology. Mm. And so those points together. And being able to see that history come alive makes the whole area richer. And when you can see yeah. the people that were there before, it just it makes the experience of life richer. And so I tune into all of that, and I right, teach people to ha- how to do it. You you are, if you're a Northwesterner, as we are, um, you would get, as a kid, Stories, right? You get lots of stories. I remember stories from the Boy Scouts, like going out to the coast and that. And it's like, yeah. well, you did hear about the guy who crashed in the plane and then went went native, so to speak. And the, mm-hmm. and the you know, there, there's mm-hmm. all these like, and there's there's ghost stories, uh, right? All part of almost like an oral history, you right. want to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure it's not unique to the north. I mean, you go no, anywhere. that's everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so it seems it seems to me that this is this is kind of this is this is what you're you're writing about and what you're investigating. Well, in a sense, um, perhaps part of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the books. I write about the history and the legends and what I read. 
of the areas. Yeah. And I tell you, when you're climbing around um, 4,000-year-old temples in Egypt, it's really interesting when you can see the stonemasons carving and painting the temples. Mm -hmm. It really adds a new depth to it. And when you're in a a fort, a natural rock formation that was used as a fort since before Roman times in Bulgaria, and sites are labeled one and two, mm-hmm. you know, the years, and you can watch the progression and you see the Romans training and exercising, and then you see... After that, you see the Byzantines and how they expand the area and what they're doing and skirmishes. And then the Ottomans come in and then the Habsburgs come in and the uniforms and, I mean, the whole bit and life. Yeah, yeah. It really adds a dimension that makes it even more awe-inspiring. And then when you can verify those things, if you can get proof after mm-hmm. the fact um, that what you're seeing fits the history of the location or what other people have said or sensed, you know, things like that, then it it helps even more. So what you're doing is you're coming in there because you're sensitive to this, mm-hmm. right? Right. And you, because you're sensitive to this psychically, you f- feel this and you see this and like you're saying, later you can go back and check a hist- uh, actual history and go, oh, this actually occurred Exactly. Here, but I could sense it right. when I was there. Gotcha. Right. Mm, yeah. And this is what you write about. This is what you practice, lecture about. And exactly. Sort of and I teach people how to do it. Oh, you actually can. T- I, I teach psychic development. And so huh. part of so that it's can not be... something that you like. Because you talked about being a little kid and seeing that little kid. Right. It's not something you. Because I always thought it's kind of you have to be a little bit predisposed to it. Well, I think everybody is predisposed to it. Okay. And as we grow up in okay. a society that doesn't value it, we forget about that and it gets blocked or it gets forgotten about or mm-hmm. whatever. And what I do is help people find their own instruction manual for their own abilities. Ah. It's not okay. a one size fits all. I don't teach them how to do it. I give help them find their own access. And I help with suggestions. I help point them in the right places. I give them advice and tips. I mean, there are all kinds of things I do when I'm teaching, instructing. But I don't say this is the way you have to do it. Have you, have you, uh, for example, have you ha- worked with? Have you had someone who's a, a complete skeptic, like someone who's just like, yeah, this, this just, it's not working for me. I don't, I don't really, I don't buy into this or whatever. And have you actually? Changed their mind, or or given, given them, them more to think about. Yes, yeah, or mm-hmm. given them some of this ability. Yeah, I mean, is that? Yes, I have. I have people like come in and say, "I'm psychic as a stump," and mm-hmm. we go through. Now, this takes work. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. In a two-hour class, you're not going to be an expert. In a weekend workshop, you're not going to be an expert. Mm-hmm. And some people move faster than others, but. I've had people that say they're psychic as a stump and they're not getting anything and then I go through the list of everything they picked up during the course of the class 
uh, that has been confirmed or verified either historically or through other people picking up the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And they're rather amazed. So. Are, are they mostly looking for like personal, you know, some sort of personal journey, like, like, you know, oh, I want to come to you and be sensitive because I want to talk to, you know, a, a relative or something like that. Is it more like that or is it? Most, sometimes, mm-hmm. but mostly it's sensing, okay, I know there's something in this house. What ah, is it? Okay. What, okay. Who's here and what do they want to tell me? Yeah. So, so, so I got you. So, so, yeah. Oh, I moved into this place and here it is. We're doing all this stuff. Weird things are happening. That mm-hmm. I can't explain. Yeah, yeah that's right? one of the reasons they come. The rocking chair keeps going uh-huh. back and forth because the rangers are over. <laughs> or, or, yeah, right. or even no, feeling but, the but, certain yeah. energy of the place. Mm-hmm. Lot, getting uh, getting the, the creeps yeah, or something. Exactly. And, and yeah. a, lot, a lot of people, I mean, they have that universal thing of, okay, I feel this. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it helps when someone says, this is why you're feeling it. And maybe some things to think about you haven't thought of before and, and connect to look at stuff in a brand new angle or way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so many places, I mean, what we don't know, we tend to fear as a species. We're wired to fear. Yeah. Fight or flight. Yeah. 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 We're not not built to fight off the big predators. We're built to outsmart them and run away from them. Right. Um, And so when you can walk in and people – I've had so many people say – oh, there's something horrible in my house, I want it gone. Well, it's because I didn't understand it. And when you can introduce it to them and they can see what's really going on, it's like, oh, this is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can stay. But the unknown creates the fear. It's like the kids seeing the the monster on the wall in the storm in the bedroom. And when you Mm -hmm. pull back the shade, you find that it's the moonlight coming through the tree branches waving in the wind going through the shade. You know, reflecting on the right. shadow on the right. wall. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's not scary anymore. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, it's just the wind. Mm-hmm. Look at that, the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just <laughs> right. great grandpa somebody. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, okay, this guy is cranky, but yeah. he's not He's not evil. He's a demon. He's not a demon. He's cranky. Talk to him and make him laugh. And, yeah, yeah. you be fine. What was it like for you saying, okay, not only did I study this, but I, I want to do this. I feel this is a vocation mm-hmm. for myself. It was a natural progression. Um, the timing was right. I was helping take care of my parents who had been having all kinds of health problems. Sure. And there wasn't a regular nine to five job at the time, and there couldn't have been, um, not and do what they needed. And I had developed well enough. Shoot, my therapist was telling me to go do this and charge for it. Mm. And I I had enough confirmation about my ability to do the reading as well as the teaching yeah. um, that it was a normal step to go. Gotcha. And uh, I love it, and it is a vocation. I love mm-hmm. giving readings, but I like teaching even more. I always I always think about the the because I always like the skeptics too you know the, the yeah the the bringing bringing the science and the you know but there's always there's oh, they always well there's there's room yeah. for that too yeah because sometimes that you can the psychic and the science can work together to give the science isn't going to tell you what's there mm-hmm. it's only going to tell you there's an anom- an anomaly there mm-hmm. but when you have that anomaly showing up with the psychic piece. 
it helps give credit to both of them to a degree. It's not proof, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit more validation. Yeah. It gives you another piece to the puzzle. And I like working with teams that are good and, you know, putting adding that piece into it. Gotcha. Um, a good psychic can be valuable with EVP sessions. Yeah. Because you're yeah. hearing answers, you're seeing things. <laughs> And uh, there it is the EVPs. Yeah, there, there he goes. There he goes. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? The EVPs. Yeah. Get out that spirit box. Yeah. I, I don't EVPs. like boxes that yeah. make noise. Mm-hmm. I don't like boxes that have words programmed in them. Yeah. Now, if a radio is just doing a, s- oh, I don't hate those. Yeah. They give me a headache. But if you've got a recorder without other sound and it's picking up something like a tape recorder yeah a tape recorder or, or uh i mean an evp is the the recorded voice basically um, right not what's coming out of the box so much and often i've heard some really good ones yeah the people there have heard nothing and you play back the tape and there's something clearly said mm. okay okay so what you're saying is <laughs> you're in a room just like this uh-huh. Here we are, just you know, mm-hmm. and then you just turn on the tape recorder. We'll say tape because we're we're mm-hmm. being classic old school, but it sure. could be your iPhone, maybe right? Sure, digital um, recorder. You could use. It's nicer to use something a little bit tape better looks quality. Cool. But, yeah, the real right. Mm-hmm. And the tape's just going. It's silent. No one's hearing anything. And you turn it off. You rewind. You play it back. Boom. There's stuff on the tape. Right. Oh. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember the first time we ever uh, had, we delved into the paranormal, mm-hmm. and we we uh, the, our guests brought in some EVPs, and I gotta tell you, even as a e- even as a longtime fan <laughs> listening to Art Bell in the old days and Tama EVTs, it did not fail to uh, get the hair on the back of my neck. You know, it's like mm-hmm. ooh. You get a universal well, feeling. Yeah, something. See, we did this right once here. when I was in high school. Yeah, and it, and and we we played the tape back, and it mm. turns out it was my girlfriend's. We taped over my girlfriend's uh, Led Zeppelin uh, "Stairway to Heaven" tape, and kept saying "Hail, sweet Satan" backwards. <laughs> yeah, mm, mm. Ah, well, just kidding. Those, those are all things. But actually, no, it's a good point. <laughs> Reference. Those are all things that need to be looked at. Yeah. What else could have made the noise in the room? What else well, could have said what you're hearing? It, I mean, were I to come in and be the skeptic as I could be, mm-hmm. that would be the first thing I would think of because I know about how tape and audio mm-hmm. works and stuff, and there's scientific. You, you can actually have an impression of a previous recording there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there are cases when, quite literally, in that that case where you can have a recording on the other side of the tape and the right. tape heads uh, kind yeah. of overlap and you can actually hear the music on the other side of the tape. I mean this was sure. be something that would happen with tape. Now with yeah. digital not so much. No, but I mean, there are other things have... that can happen. Sure. sure. And digital digi- digital photography, there are other things that can happen too. I mean, oh, there's man. so much you have to I'm very skeptical. I know yeah. the entities yeah. exist. I've yeah. seen with my own two eyes all mm-hmm. kinds of things including elementals and such. But I believe in this stuff because I've had direct physical experience. Mm-hmm. And with the psychic, because I've had enough of the confirmation. But I'm very skeptical about 
each thing until I've, you know, each experience until I've gone through to see what else could have been there. There's there's people out there who are fraudsters and mm-hmm. hucksters. And, yeah. and I'm very skeptical people, you know, about right? if I'm not getting the yeah. same thing somebody else is, I'm not accusing anybody of lying or anything. But mm-hmm. unless I know them well and know their abilities well, I'm not going to take it on blind faith that they're right. But the way the scientific method works is, mm-hmm. bottom line, mm-hmm. you check your work. And exactly. it's not you check your work. Your peers do. Your peers check your work. It's yeah. all yes. peer-reviewed, mm-hmm. and then it becomes scientific fact. Mm-hmm. Once it's gone through the peer review process, you know, we, we did this experiment, and we came back and we got this result. Your peers go and do the same experiment Get the same Without result. You, get the same result, mm. and now that is a proven fact in science. That's how the scientific method works, right? Exactly. From theory to fact. Empirical yes. fact. Right. Mm-hmm. Is there a, something in your methodology with the paranormal where you check yourself? Either somehow there's a diagnostic that you yourself do or peer, or is that just not part of, of what you can do? With what I do... Um, with the psychic pieces of it, partly I know how it feels and where it's coming from in my brain. Sure. And so I know when it's coming from there, it's probably a psychic kick. Mm-hmm. Now, I use the word probably. Um, but unless I can get a verifiable fact, unless I can see a photo, unless the people I'm doing the reading from, something right. hits with them... Uh, unless there's a story someplace mm-hmm. that I haven't read that v- confirms what I'm getting, I can't say for sure. Gotcha. And I've, oh, I was on a a web TV show a while back, and I was giving readings for people um, that were calling in. And according to the people running the show, I was getting in the 80 to 90% right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, right, which is, mm-hmm. I'll take it. That's That helps me confirm the my abilities, but I can't, I have to have some something to say, yes, this reading is accurate. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I can't be sure. Well, yeah. I like the, uh, I like the idea of, you know, you can have this, this approach and then you can say, well, wh- wh- where's the historic fact or where's the photograph is great, mm-hmm. right? In Exeter a few years ago, I was standing in front of the cathedral, which is one of my favorite ones. It's gorgeous. And parts of it go back to about 900 or a little earlier. And I was seeing in the yard this procession. And there was a king and a queen leading in the bishop. And the whole line of people and banners and, you know, the clothes. And I thought, this is bizarre. They're outside and why would the king and queen be leading in the bishop? That just doesn't make sense to me. Well, later the day, I read the history, and the the first cathedral that was being used was actually from the monastery. And they used that the monastery's church, which was close right in where I was seeing this procession. They would have been walking in towards it, and the king and queen did lead in the first bishop. I can't remember their names now. And this was during the Anglo-Saxon period where... England was divided up into lots of little kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And so I had historic evidence that what I picked up was accurate. And 
it's not something I would have thought of or created in my imagination because it didn't make sense. Have you ever come back with anything that, that like I said, doesn't contradict textbooks, but uh, just is a little different than what the perceived uh, historical context is of that? Ah, good question. And so much of what I get are pieces not long enough, partly because I'm not in a spot long enough. Yeah. Um, I haven't yet, but I have gotten a lot of things that go along with the textbooks or add color to what would either be black and white. Texture to it, yeah. Right. Um, the book I wrote on Russia, in this one, it mm -hmm. added partly the history I learned but it added so many dimensions. Um, this book, we went to the Volga German area of Russia, which is mm -hmm. where my family is from, my dad's side. And we're German, we're not Russian. Back in the day, the, the Russians in that area didn't yeah. like the Germans, and the Germans didn't like the Russians, but they were all Russian citizens. And um, um, I got a chance to go on this tour and stand on the foundations of where my grandma's house had been mm. and see my grandpa's father's house. And, I mean, it was amazing. And reading all of those locations in the sink, reading the streets and seeing all of yeah. the pieces and how much was added to it, um, nothing that contradicted so much as enhanced. Made more tangible. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, what what an amazing touchstone to stand on the foundations of the house of y y your grandmother. Uh, th that uh, did you feel it? Did you feel electric charge there? Like, oh yeah, yeah, very much so. And I grew up with it. I mean, Grandma, I was in my twenties when Grandma died, and I, Grandpa, I remember vaguely. I was four, mm -hmm. but um, I grew up with stories of the old country. And because they came in 1912, and we're going to go back when the Tsar had everything under control. Yeah. The family was rich over there. They weren't <laughs> rich here. Yeah. You know, you go from having maids to being one. Right. And um, it was, um, Grandma had made a map with some people, so we knew exactly where all the people had been. For those people who have never really thought about, um, delving more into the paranormal and uh, who may have had feelings that, yeah, I, I, I recognize this feeling or I recognize that sense, but they just don't know how to go about enhancing it or learning how to mm -hmm. enhance that. If someone wanted to get in touch with William Becker about um, attending a workshop or maybe, wow, that book sounds great. I would love to read that to get more uh, you know, knowledge of it. Um, where... Do, where where do the thronging masses go? Um, you can go to my website. That's got a lot of it on there, uh, paranormalinsights.net. An email or, um, yeah, an email is probably the best way. Instagram maybe, but. So you got psychic re readings. So par this is paranormalinsights.net. Yes. Uh with uh, you can get info on the psychic reading, psychic mentoring, psychic development classes, workshops, special events, paranormal research. You've got your books up there that we mm -hmm. showed two mm -hmm. of the books. I'm, I'm, I'm after the show. I'm going to flip through your that, those books. Um, 
you have uh, there's the book we talked about uh, your new book mm-hmm. your latest and you have an event coming up here I, in November 12th I do and I'm excited my good friend Vivian Powell who is the real deal up. she's a very good psychic and she's going to come visit for from England for a couple weeks mm. and we're having a fish and chips dinner what is this with um, she's going to do a gallering reading, mm-hmm. wow. and I'll go up on stage and do part this of it is, with her. This is right here awesome. off your website. Uh, it's brownpapertickets.com. Yep. It's uh, $25. Yes, very um, economical. At yeah. the, um, where is this? Uh, Highland, Highland Stillhouse. Uh, yes. Ah, yes, yes. In yes. Oregon City on 2nd Street. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's actually, that place, I believe, started out as... Um, as a stage stop mm-hmm. back in the day. Wow. And my dad remembered when it had illegal gambling upstairs. <laughs> and I believe the stories also um, include a certain amount of prostitution in the day. And it's haunted. And it's a, it's a fun place. Tickets are limited. We've only got 45 Mm-hmm. And um, we're almost halfway sold out. So it's paranormal. Pull it up here. That's paranormalinsights.brownpapertickets.com. Highland Stillhouse Scottish Pub and Paranormal Insights are proud to present direct from England an evening with psychic medium Vivian Powell um, there on 2nd Street in Oregon City. Mm-hmm. $25. November 12th. Yes. 6.30 p.m. The and- next month. Exactly. And Vivian's a kick. She's a lot of fun. She's done a lot of research in paranormal. Mm-hmm. She lived in India for years as a kid. She's lived so, in Egypt. So is she going to be doing, re- I mean, how, how's it, what's that going to? With the gallery reading, what is that you're, like? you're up and you, entities are come in. I usually use the word entity, but anyway. They, they come in? And for different people, if Wait, they have different, if they have time out, do do they need to get <laughs> tickets too? Do we need to? No, they don't take any space, and they don't eat, so okay. they don't have to buy tickets. <laughs> They're the perfect guests. <laughs> but good question. This is when William Becker looks at me and goes, "This guy's a jerkass." <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. So. Uh, I just I just needed to get that out of there. It was a fair question, wasn't Absolutely. it, Jason? I mean, it's sure, like, you know, sure. Bob the medium, it's like, well, did you get your brown paper tickets, Bob? Right. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to eat much, really. I'm just going to fly in. And, yeah. uh, and will but, there be spirit ushers in case someone tries yes. to gate crash? And, uh, exactly. I mean, there's got to be c- comedic entities a little bit, too. Oh, oh sure. some of them are really <laughs> characters. Yeah. You know, and some of them make people cry and some they, pe- pe- people... They would make people laugh. They would not appreciate the Doc Normal humor here, right? That's right. I hope not. Just keeping it real. Um, Listen, I have a firm belief almost that that passed on spirits and entities probably have a heck of a lot better sense of humor than a lot of of living people. Well, every contact I've had has reinforced that once we leave this body, Uh what happens next is really good. Back to your event. Because that's real good. Yeah. So uh, people, us mortals, are going to have to buy the ticket yes. to go in, mm-hmm. okay? Because you're going to eat the fish and chips. Exactly. Oh, right. you know? And there'll be a little money that goes They're to like Vivian, too. like beer and stuff? 
You can. They've oh, got an incredible Scotch collection. Ooh, <laughs> I yes. like Scotch. And they have <laughs> some. Now you're talking my language. Now you're talking <laughs> my spirits. Okay. Yes. Time out. Time out. Yeah. yeah. There are times. This whole spirit thing. Well, when you're talking Scotch, now. Uh, there are times when mixing yeah. your spirits is a good thing. There we go. Mm. You sit down, and then other entities are going to come in there. Right. Mm. And. You know, you talk about who's here, and sometimes they tell you who they're here for. They often stand by who they're for. Amazing. If it were me, and I was the spirit, I'd be like, you going to finish that scotch? Uh, <laughs> what is it like to be sitting up there and seeing all this would blow my see, mind? See, I want to go, but it's yeah. going to creep me out. I'm going to get all <laughs> Scooby-Doo on you. So you're yeah. going to be there. Uh uh, people are going to be there. Spirits are going to be there, mm-hmm. and you're going to and you're going to do this. Uh, and you're going to you're, you're actually what you said before mm. we went off on a tangent and right. rudely interrupted you, is that you're going to kind of there'll, there'll kind of be a roll call in a way, mm. kind sort of. of. I hadn't thought about it that way, but kind of. And wow. Vivian's the star. I'm just going to help her out. Okay. Um, she doesn't okay. need my help, but I enjoy doing the gallery readings too, and mm-hmm. so we'll work together at it. And. Um, Awesome. Oh, and I think on my publicity, I say that she's doing it, and I might show up on stage as well. Is that so? Is it possible that that um, that some entities, are, uh, since you're both going to be there, that some entities are more you're you're more sensitive to them as opposed to Vivian and vice versa? Is oh, that, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, people like know, I don't want to talk to Vivian, but I'll talk to you or vice versa. Exactly. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Living people have people that they're more comfortable with talking mm-hmm. to or don't mm-hmm. want to talk to at all. And the dead are the same way. Um I find a lot of times. About that dead. Um <laughs> Breathing impaired is another way to look, say it. Oh. oh, oh! I like that. Yeah, breathing, I would like breathing. to take credit for that, but breathing. I can't remember which friend of mine said it first. Has there been ever a point where where the undaunted William Becker has been daunted? I mean, gone in some place, and it's like e- e- even the seasoned uh, investigator, where you're like, oh boy. As a little, as a kid, maybe here and there, but mm-hmm. what I've always been interested. Now, when I went into the cemetery and was mm-hmm. coming back and had the Native Americans. I mean, backing up a little bit, one of the things I teach in my beginning classes is how people can shield themselves, protect mm. themselves, and also filter so they limit they limit what comes shield to them. Shield themselves. From the uh, different energy, the different beings, so that they can protect themselves. Like a demon? Like well, I don't believe real? in demons. You know, I haven't okay. run across... But things psychic that, vampires, psychic vampires, or, or there are, and there are negative. You know, there are some things out there that aren't very well, nice. There's got to be a lot of negative. I mean, they're negative people, exactly. In the world. And so, you know, you get all this, and some in so this it's room. a a, a protect. <laughs> you should see some me before I've had. <laughs> you should oh. see me before I've had my first cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's just a protection that. S- it's nice for people to have in their tool bag. I don't use it because I'm interested and I know what uh-huh. I know my own abilities, I know my own strengths and they sure. don't you, intimidate. You're, you're me. an expert. I mean, you, you you've been doing this for a while. But yeah, and I get these sometimes you get these entities and they blow themselves up to try to be big and scary and you just look at them and say, "Oh, come on, really?" and they 
poof down and they yeah, run I've away. seen I've seen that I've seen that in popular culture and stuff where you have the a person like yourself even portrayed in films or whatever, and there's a you know ha ha I'm going to scare you or whatever. And it's like get out of here. And, yeah, you know, it's like, like um, yeah, I, you know I, you don't yeah. want to tell them to go get a life, but you <laughs> tell them to go away. Okay, now you're doing it. Now yeah. you're see, see. you guys are bad influences see, on me. I know, if right? If you're the spirit, you're like man, that that's a little blow, William. Why did you, why did you <laughs> yeah. have to go yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and no. technically we you could look at it another way because impaired, it's, it's another part <laughs> of life. Yeah. yeah. And but anyway, I do that because walking back after I had my leg my uh-huh. pant leg pulled and I stopped the energy was so strong and I couldn't make it out right away. I mm-hmm. actually put up a shield for a second or two until I figured out was what was there. And what okay. was there were hundreds if not thousands of native Americans wanting to hear me to hear their story and spread it and I I mm. already talked about it a little bit. Yeah. And they wanted me to keep walking when they told me because it was their space. Gotcha. And I honor the entities that are there. When they say no, I don't want to, I say okay, we won't. And mm-hmm. if they say time to go, I say okay, I'm leaving. Unless it's my hotel room or something like right. that, you know, then it's like uh we got to work this out. So but, so they so they were wanted you to leave. Yeah. And so I walked, and they showed me and told me the story. Mm -hmm. And Oh, wow. But before I could see what was there, I just felt this intense energy that wasn't happy. Um, That was a little daunting. So without giving away all your stuff that you teach, um, what, what, what is the shields up kind of thing? I tell people to start it deep within. There's a place that you can go inside where our soul connects to the universe. Is it a meditative state? It, it's it's something along those lines. It okay. can be. Okay. Um, it can be a, different things for different people, and that's part of what I tell them to do. But it's usually visualizing some kind of a protective layer so nothing can get, reach you. So when the Klingons are firing the taser, mm-hmm. it bounces off the shield and doesn't mm-hmm. get to you. Le- learning how to deflect any sort of mm-hmm. energy coming your way. Right. I, and I okay. tell people to start mm-hmm. that within and push outward because you don't want to trap anything inside of Yeah. Um, gotcha. That. And okay. then a filter, you choose what you let in instead mm-hmm. of... And sometimes, I use a filter sometimes simply because if you've got 25 entities all talking at once, you can't hear them all. And I can, it's like a teacher telling the classroom to please quiet right. down. And so I, can, I yeah. can select a couple at a time to listen to by tuning down the background noise of everybody else. And I tell them what I'm doing so I'm not rude and why I'm doing it. And then I get to everybody. You start to mm-hmm. tap into this and all of a sudden it's like a flood of, whoa, there's a lot of people out here. Like all of a sudden you're in the shopping mall of the spirit world, you know. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. And so you got to kind of like... Focus. Yeah, or, exactly. Or just being in a, yeah. in a crowded place, if you're physically in a crowded place. I like shopping getting, mall of the spirit world, mm-hmm. Jason. I don't know. The, the Clackamas Town Center. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you find, you find the bearings. You find that stable. Even if there's a massive crowd around you, yeah. you can still keep your head, even though you feel the you know right. mass around. I, I, wow. I, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it, it's real helpful. It works. I work with people that are empaths, um, both with the living and the non-living oh gotcha okay and who pick up people's energy energy so much and using a filter as a way to tune that down 
using a shield to block it if they need to, but then using a field, like using one of your equipment pieces, a, like a knob or a volume, where mm-hmm. you're turning mm-hmm. down the volume to the point mm-hmm. that you're only letting in enough so that you can relate appropriately to the person or people you're talking to or are with, but not getting overwhelmed by their emotions and their feelings. Mm-hmm. And oh, right, right. It takes practice, in. but wow. it works. I mean, people have had a lot of success with it. Yeah. So, so you said empath. And mm-hmm. actually, that's a word that I would have just described you as, but you kind of made a distinction there. An empath between... is somebody, and I'm empathetic. I I emphasize with people, mm-hmm. right. but I'm not an empath in that I don't take up what they're feeling. Gotcha. Their emotions, their pain, things like that don't go into me. Now, are you talking about, are you talking about just the living or? Um, empaths can be with living or the breathingly impaired right. or both. I've had a lot of clients that are both. Okay. And it can be a challenge for and the them. And the difference from what you do is just not? Well, I, I, I'm like most people, I I can feel empathy, I can understand okay. and b- feel sad or whatever for people. I'm not emotionally cut off from people, but I'm not taking on all of their pain or all of their joy or all of their... I don't walk through a, super, a supermarket and suddenly burst into tears or suddenly uh, burst out laughing the fi- because of the emotions of people around me. What's truly, like, what do we say, the the, the weirdest or the scariest mm. or, you know, one of those situations that you got into that you went, okay, that's, perhaps it's something that you went in over your head in this, and okay. when you came back out of it, maybe you said, I don't know if I should be doing this anymore. I'm trying to phrase it. Sure. There was yeah. a time in the 20s, and I was doing a lot of work with these things, but yeah. on my own. And, oh, friends of mine had a haunted house up in the West Hills and different things. But some of the people I worked with and the job I had and such at the time were also playing and doing things. I didn't know enough about... And paranormal. Yeah, and psychic stuff. And so it's a claim, kind of discovery for you. Right. You know. And they claim... Yeah. I don't know what all they were doing, but um, I think they were... I think they were dealing with all kinds of things they didn't know about, and wow. I don't have specifics. And I didn't do anything that they were doing, but I was finding my apartment was full of these little black things flitting around and stuff wow. that weren't dangerous or bad, really. But it was all this stuff. And I thought, you know, I need a break. <laughs> I don't know what all this stuff is. I'm not sure how it got here. I'm not sure what to do about it. I'm taking a break. And so I did. And um, then I came back to it and I knew what to do about it. And, you know, it was fine. But I took a couple years off, basically, um, or stepped way back. Not totally off, but stepped way back. And then some of the ones that are kind of breathtaking is when you're wandering about around a bunch of Mesolithic burial carns in a not Mesolithic, Neolithic burial carns in a Neolithic village in, in Dartmoor, and you suddenly stop and go, that's mine. What? Mm. It's where I had been buried in a past life. 
Hmm. And that leads into my next question. And <laughs> William when you're at his site yeah. and you're looking and saying, that's my back digging that trench from 3000 BC. Oh, and that's me performing so this that was, ritual at this point. This was a past, past life, regressions. Li- life that mm-hmm. you, you inhabited. Different ones, yeah. yeah. Or going into a museum and seeing an Assyrian farming implement or actually it was older than that I think it was from Sumer or Ur and saying that's mine I had that mm-hmm. and then realizing oh well maybe not that exact one but something like that so oh I must have been a farmer in this area um, and should the museum curator just loved you as the security yeah. was escorting you out going no it's mine I want it back <laughs> dude and it's like uh, you can't have it back exactly right. uh-huh. and um, yeah so things like that are wow. kind of aha and I've been with people that who are psychic in some of these cases that could confirm what I was picking up Uh huh. so it wasn't just me and I wasn't thinking about me or anything in these areas I was taking in what was there I was reading the spirituality of the place or something um, seeing what wanted to reveal itself to me so it's not something that my imagination would have gone to either you know it's, well William I think all of us at some point mm-hmm. have had our buddies come in you maybe you had a party and they trashed your your place mm-hmm. i don't think any of us here well except for you uh, jason and i could say yeah. that our buddies came in and trashed our place spiritually <laughs> I, I, yeah i mean yeah. that's you know it's like well what is all this crap what did you guys do in here yeah it's like you gotta like gone for five have, minutes and i come home and well there's all these and sometimes i think that's part yeah. of what people have going on in their houses too yeah but a lot of that oh sure yeah a lot of times it's what's the emotion in the house we create things mm-hmm. yeah um and if you've got a house where people are fighting if there's a lot of tension well everyone has walked Ooh. into that sort of situations and, and you you walk into like a that sort of heavy air uh, uh-huh. of i guess the word frisian right there's mm-hmm. frisian going on and you walked in cuz everyone's done it. everyone's walked in the middle, middle of something right. and they're like i what am I feeling? You, What's going on here? Do you do you that? Know? Do you do you? Uh, is that one of your services? Things you do? Go in like, hey, I'm thinking about buying Ooh. this house. What do you think? And like cleaning a, a spiritual kind of or checking it out. I don't yeah. do clean, cleaning or cleansings for lots of reasons. Okay. Um, one, it's their space. Mm. Two, ah, uh, interesting. Two, okay. I've yeah. never seen one work. Okay. I've seen people. I've seen people claim they work. Right. As the entities laugh. Um. And wow. in the case where they do go away for a little bit... They come back. They come back with friends often. Wow. So it's, and, it's almost a ceremonial sort of uh, makes the people who are living feel better about it. It can be. And, you know, okay. so often, too, it's, okay, well, what are the belief system of the, the entities that you're trying to get rid of? You kind of need to do that. These Priest are Catholic ghosts. Yeah, and with, so, the, with the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the water. It, yeah. It'll be all fine, trust yeah. me, once you bless it out. Right? And it just right. doesn't... And what statements like I just made yeah. have a lot of controversy because so many people no, that's, disagree. Where are they going to go? It's their place. Mm-hmm. They're hanging out here. It's not mm-hmm. like a, hey, get out of here. It's like, yeah. what? We're going to be homeless spirits now? This is our place, right? makes yeah. complete logical sense. And number two, it's like, how do you know they're Christians or whatever? Who knows yeah. what these spirits are, right? right? Yeah. 
what are your beliefs? Yeah. You know? I help people figure out who's there and why and give them ideas about how to exist. Exactly. And usually, probably 90 plus percent of the time, if you set boundaries that you are firm about and maintain yourself, they'll accept those and follow them too. It's like, no, don't come talk to me when I'm sleeping and the bathroom's off limits mm-hmm. when I'm gotcha. in it anyway, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. And they almost always follow that. And it isn't the spirit. I've never met what I call a trap soul or people call trap souls. It's and really that, part of our self behind. Explain trap soul you a, mean by... The idea of a trap soul mm-hmm. is somebody dies and for whatever reason they can't go to heaven. What, right. Whatever that is. And so is. they're in haunting the house or whatever because, it is. But it, it's... It, it's a, kind yeah. of like a personal purgatory or... Right. Or Something you, like that. Yeah. yeah. And... It's, it's, it's usually a piece what you see in Hollywood person, movies. Yeah. It's a yeah. piece of the person's personality, maybe. Sometimes they're intelligent and can talk to us. Sometimes they're linked to their soul. The okay, soul yeah. goes. The soul goes off to the next phase of what it needs to do. Okay, but so, we leave pieces of our of our personality and stuff behind sometimes. So that's wait. So so that's what you're dealing with in the spirit world is these pieces of a person's often, not always, personality. but often remnants of remnants yeah. of energy. When I'm reading mm-hmm. a location, a, a historic location, and seeing the Roman gladiators training, mm-hmm. and I was right. These guys that they have. In modern holiday and Roman gladiator movies, nah, they're nowhere near as bulked as they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. But I'm not having an one-on-one contact with these people. I'm watch- I'm seeing a picture in a movie that over time has imprinted uh, itself into the environment. Yeah, okay. So Now, that there getting, are also yeah. full entities that come to visit. Okay, and there are some that just like to hang around because they like it. It's a variation. They're not, no two are the, exactly the same. No two spirit entities you approach are exactly the same. Exactly. That's, what you say. Okay. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at each one as an individual. We're on lands that have been populated by human beings for a long time, millennia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't us. Was here before, so right. and you're saying you feel you you do some, and you as you said this. that, it made me wonder and think a little bit. Most of the people that were here before were fairly mobile. Yes. Most of the tribes here mm-hmm. were hunter gatherer, yeah. pretty much for the most part. And I'm wondering if the reason why I at least don't pick up more Native American oh. and more places is because they weren't in the same. Place as long, they may have been visiting that site for five hundred years. Sure, but they didn't live there for five hundred years. Right, they'd years. come in for the season and move out. Sure, You're right, sure. And yeah. it's a question that popped into my mind while you were talking. Wow. So, so it's like, how long were they there? Which would dictate maybe how much of that. What do you call that yeah. spirit? I'm, is, is there a word for it? Imprint? I, I always think it was just res- residual. Do you have a word? I, some people would call it residual. Residual, yeah, um, sure. I don't like all of those words even because sometimes sure. you have a mix of things. Sometimes something is mostly re- residual, but there's a little bit of something else here that communicates with you. 
does it matter how old, you know, how ancient it is versus how you can mm-hmm. interact with that spirit? Ooh. Is is the is it, so if if it's someone who was here a hundred years ago or whatever, and you could have a conversation with them, does that matter? The proximity of age, or does that not matter at all? I've seen scenes from thousands and thousands of years ago, right? And they've shown me what's been going on, right? But how many times are they doing that deliberately, and how many times am I just tuning into it? Uh-huh. And exactly. you see, yeah, because that's a different piece. And I, at this point, I cannot give you wow. an answer. Okay. Hmm. Um, but typically, h- how far back can somebody who's trained and, and is the real McCoy on this, how far back can they usually go? I mean, how many generations, how many lifetimes, how far back? Okay, um, first thing I want to make a clarification. I do not do past life regressions. Okay. That's hypnosis. Ah. I'm not a hypnotist. Okay. Right. I give past life readings ah. where the past life shows itself to me. Yeah. Ah. Just like reading a location or something else or reading Aunt Clara standing behind you telling you that um, you really didn't brush your teeth well enough this morning. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, what? So, oh, that Aunt Clara. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, what I get from them is they show me what lives are important for the conversation, for the time, for what ah. the client is needing or that kind of thing. And we'll often have multiple mm-hmm. um, lives. And often what comes out of this, not always, but at least, let's probably say 80% of the time, is an idea of where some of the likes and dislikes and fears and um, skills and challenges come from. Oh, yeah. Because of... You know, yeah. okay, yeah, let's see, you went down with the Titanic, you drowned um, in the submarine, you drowned off the Viking boat. Yeah, I kind of get why you're afraid of water. Um, wow. You know. Yeah. Or, let's see, you were sacrificed with a knife here, you were murdered with a knife here. Yeah, I get why you're afraid of sharp objects. Hmm. Um, Do you get that a lot? That, that it's like a theme? I mean, like, like... Like if you go back in your past lives, there's a theme. There are there's a thread. There can be at least in the lives that show up to me. There are the threads, huh. and sometimes it's a type of a case. Well, you did a lot of this kind of healing work here, but you were kind of a jerk, or mm-hmm. you were <laughs> extra nice and played with the healing here, or whatever. And this this life is putting it all together. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's okay. You've got these pieces forming a line here. You've got another line forming here. This life is about integrating these pieces. Oh, so it's multiple. Mm. Yes. It's not just like the idea, it's like linear. It's like, ah, I got to work on this. So I go through these lives and at some point I'm going to hit that baseball out of the park and I'm going to be Babe Ruth or it, something. That's yeah. not, it, no, it's, from what I yeah. read for people, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. it's... It's multiple. It's, yes. It's, you're working on mm-hmm. this. You're working on your... Mm-hmm. Wow. Um in in your experience, uh, do people choose where they want to go next, or I I need to work on this, so oh, I want to question. be put into this sort of a good par- paradigm? Most of my research has been 
me reading and, you know, um, doing the readings, working things out through that. But I have done a little bit of reading on this. Mostly I don't read a lot of the books because I don't necessarily trust the authors or why they're any better than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to have a pretty accurate sense of things. Um, but one, some of the books that I've read, a bit of anyway, talk about we choose the life because of the lessons we want to work out. And that includes the family we're brought into, probably even when mm. and how we die. I mean, all kinds of things. It doesn't mean that we don't have free will and we can't change that program once we're in the middle of it, only we don't necessarily know we're changing it. Um, mm. But I think, yes, uh, we do choose that life. It's a, I think uh, it's a lot of people. I mean, not just even religious, but I mean, you think like mm-hmm. Buddhism kind of yeah. thinks that way. Like you right. choose choose your path. And I think even people who are atheists or whatever. I mean, it's right. like business people, it's like... You choose your path. You choose, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. just lie until you make it. You know? Yeah, and it makes a, it yeah. makes a lot of sense to yeah. me. Now, one of the things that's hmm. interesting and fabulous about this field is absolutely nobody can prove you wrong. Right. The thing, one of the things that's horrible about this field is we can't prove ourselves right. Most of, the, I mean, now if with the psychic reading, a specific reading, yeah. yes, because you can match it up with the documents. You can get the confirmation, like we talked about before. But as far as our understanding about what happens after death, right. what happens, right. I mean, all these things, we can't say for sure. And it could be, okay, I'm confident about what I do, but maybe this is the universe showing us what we need to know to get through everything now and the reality is different but we wouldn't be able to process the reality mm-hmm. um I, we might not ever know or we might not know until we shed this body mm. but um it's a pretty fascinating journey like you you said if people ask you hey what happens when i die you, your answer is still you don't know yeah, right, right? And basically, I can tell them what I see, but I can't tell them that this is for sure a fact. Yeah. Because I read between lives. I see what people are doing in between incarnations. Right. But I, you know, again, you can't prove that. Knowing what you know from your perspective, what do you fear? The incredibly increasing rise of fascism. Yeah. And how it's well, yeah, taking over fear, the Western, yeah. Yeah. and but you know, as far as looking at the fate of humans and everything, mm-hmm. um, I'm very concerned about where we're going towards either environmental oblivion or mm-hmm. um, do you camps fe- or you or do fear that we're going to wipe ourselves? We could wipe ourselves out at this yeah. stage, and um, in our mm-hmm. lifetime. I mean, yeah. and I certainly fear that we may wind up in the camp type philosophy. I'm not talking mm-hmm. necessarily Holocaust, but where people people get locked up a lot more than they are. Do do these entities that you communicate do they have any insight to that and do they indicate anything like that to you? Like, hey, by the way, be careful of this or that. 
Well, the Native Americans did a pretty good job of it in that one piece that they gave me. Okay. This is what happens when you degrade a society and you mm -hmm. weaken it. And you take people who were once noble and proud mm -hmm. and were human and were not saints um, and committed crimes and stuff, but were basically, you know, had rules of society, rules of engagement, rules of living that worked and kill them through disease, starve them, um, displace them, treat them as subhuman, and then they start acting that way. So, so they're, they're speaking mm. from their own history. Yes. Are, are, they, are, are any of those entities uh, observant of what's happening to us right now? Or are they just going, hey, watch out? Or, or they're, they're, they were, they're ta somewhat they were talking through their own... They had their own story, and they wanted it told, okay. and it was mm -hmm. appropriate for the current Situation. world as, as well. Okay. That's part of why yeah. they wanted it told. I haven't asked. Mostly, they don't do future, yeah. and and future can change. Yeah. I mean, I don't read future uh, for lots of reasons, and one, it's not my forte, but it's also, it can change. Yes. This is what they're telling me now. Ten minutes later, it could be a different story because mm. things happen. Yeah. You've got billions of people making independent decisions that are going to modify. And and string theory and many physicists believe that we have infinite futures. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the little bit I know about string theory, quantum mechanics and stuff really help with a lot of my own right. belief in things because I think so many things are interdimensional coming in and out mm -hmm. of dimensions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they've told me that themselves but having some science behind they, it they've told you that they have traveled that they come in and out of dimensions yeah oh vibrating at different wow. frequencies you know? and so wow um yeah we, we <laughs> yeah well that leaves a cliffhanger open right yeah <laughs> one thing that i do talk to some beings that i call the ancient ones and basically, on the cosmic level, on the universal awareness and consciousness level, if we do destroy ourselves, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's just a reset button? Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's just, it. we're not nearly as important as we make ourselves out to be, is basically what it amounts to. Mm -hmm. And if we survive, okay. If we don't survive... It's okay. Catch, catch you on catch you on the rebound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. That is, that's, yeah, and that's yeah. and actually that gives me a little bit of peace too. And mm -hmm. I also know from my own experience that the other side is good. So I'm not worried about death for myself. I've been concerned about the extinction of the race, or mostly what I've been concerned about is the living condition of. The degradation of uh, yeah. societal... Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, of human beings. And we've already got so much of that with the extreme poverty all over the world. Is there a god? It doesn't have to be a guy in a white beard or whatever. Is there just an energy out there that kind of shepherds things along? Let's put it that way. Okay, the, an energy, a vague general energy that... What some people would call a god, some people would call, I don't know what... a heaven-like community you define it the way to, but is there They're, something outside of us that is kind of corralling our spirits yes around? okay now it's not 
a being, an individual being. I don't know. Sure. That's... But when we leave here, our spirit leaves here, we go on, we heal, we rest, we relax, we do what we need to do, we hang out with the group of people that are part of our own spirit groups, and we decide what we want to do next. Mm-hmm. And that, and we know at the time, we know how to do that. Whether that's a shepherd with a crook saying, okay, you go here, you go here, I don't think so. I think okay. it's, I think there are laws of physics of some level or something that makes all this stuff happen. But there's an energy, there's a consciousness, there's a universal awareness that we are all part of. And when we leave this body, we pick up the next phase of that. Okay. Um, it's not a being, but it is that energy. Man, have we gotten deep on a early Friday evening? Yeah. No, I think that's a good uh, a good that's, wrap. It is. A, it's we, a we great. Gotta go. It's a, it's a great wrap. I want to show yeah. the website again. Yes. Okay. Thank and you. Promote the 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 books and everything. And and is sure. there anything is there anything that you're doing that you wanted to mention outside of next month's? Uh, yeah, let me see. I've got um, my Finding Your Psychic Voice classes coming up. Uh, most of the time they're the third Sunday of the month, but not every month. Um, this month I think it is the third Sunday. Send me an email or... or um, Go to paranormalinsights.net right yeah. there. All looks like all your stuff and the links M- and Pretty much everything is up there. I can't remember if I put up the most recent Workshops, schedule. events. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's time to wrap up. I, mean, uh, I think one of the recorders stopped mysteriously. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, might be an indicator. Yep. It's right. like... All right. So uh, thank you, William. That's excellent. I hope you had a good time. I did. Um, thank you, gentlemen, both yeah, very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.